0: Please pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God. You are our rock. You are our redeemer. Amen. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. We start with two oddities. The first oddity is the lectionary. The lectionary is that series of assigned readings for preaching and worship, and I have tried to follow it this week, and I discovered that the lectionary assigns this text that we just heard for Maundy Thursday. Maundy Thursday is called Maundy Thursday because it is the day on which Jesus gave the mandate that we should observe Eucharist, the Lord's Supper. Maundy is just a corruption of the Latin word mandatum, a mandate. But the text for Maundy Thursday that we just read from John's Gospel, in that text, Jesus does not mention the Eucharist at all. We are given a Maundy Thursday text without the Maundy. Second oddity is the blessed Saint John himself. Why is it that while Matthew, Mark, and Luke all take the story of the night that Jesus was betrayed to tell us about the institution of the sacrament, St. John skips that part of the story altogether. Professor Mark Douglas tries to help students at Columbia Seminary understand the difference between Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the so-called synoptic gospels, between Matthew, Mark, and Luke and the gospel according to St. John. He tells them to think of recess at the playground of our grammar schools. Four boys are on the playground at once, and three are playing kickball. They know the rules. They play with the same ball. They pretty much play the same game. That's Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But one boy sits by himself on the side of the sandbox, carefully carefully observing and classifying the bugs who scurry back and forth. That boy, with whom I all too readily identify, that boy is St. John. I used to think that John, busy with his bugs, didn't even notice there was a kickball game going on. Or more literally, when he wrote his gospel, St. John had no idea that Matthew, Mark, and Luke had written three gospels that pretty much played the same game according to the same rules. But with the years, I've come to believe that St. John knew perfectly well that the other gospel writers were playing kickball. He just liked washing bugs better. Or to move from the playground to our text, I think no longer that it's not that St. John had not heard about the Eucharist. The end of John 6 is full of talk about eating Jesus' body as a sign of our salvation. I think when it comes to this story, John knows altogether about the Eucharist, but he's afraid that in our rush to remember the Eucharist, we'll forget something, we'll leave something out, that other commandment, that other mandate. He's afraid that if we rush too quickly to the sacrament, we'll forget what happened before the Last Supper, which was the washing of the disciples' feet. I think St. John knew perfectly well that Christ told us to take his body in remembrance of him, but he was afraid that we'd forgotten that also rich command, love one another as I have loved you. And it is no wonder that we try to forget that command. Both parts of it are exceedingly hard. Love one another as I have loved you. To let Christ love us is exceedingly hard. Peter's about to sit down at the table at a slight distance from his Lord. One of the oddities of the lectionary is that yesterday's text happens after today's text. So yesterday we talked about the supper, now we've got what comes before it. So Peter's about to sit down at a slight distance from his Lord, and in the most wonderful Peter way, when Jesus comes to wash his feet, Peter tries to say the right thing and, as always, almost always, gets it just wrong. You'll never wash my feet. Peter being Peter. He wants Jesus to be Messiah, but not the crucified Messiah. He wants Jesus to be Lord, but not the servant Lord. He wants Jesus to be high and lifted up. And Jesus keeps kneeling down until when at last he is lifted up. It's not on a throne, but on a cross. In some ways, the toughest claim we ever have to make as Christians is the first one we sang in Baptist Sunday school. Jesus loves me. This I know. Jesus loves me? Jesus loved the world. That's okay. Jesus loves the children, all the little children of the world. That's very nice. Jesus loves me? I know me. You've got to be kidding. Don't wash my feet, Lord. Have you seen those feet? Do you know how often they've taken me just where I should not go? Do you know how stubbornly they have sometimes turned from you? Here's an idea, Jesus. Don't wash my feet. That's much too intimate. Let's shake hands. Jesus respects me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. A little polite distance is what any good relationship requires. Peter, Peter, unless I wash you, you have no share in me. And Peter stumbles toward the light. Lord, not my feet only, but my hands and my head. Lord Jesus, think on me and wash away my sin. As I have loved you, you should love one another, says Jesus. And that part, the love one another, that's hard too. The church I, most, I re, as served most recently as pastor, we had church supper every Thursday night. Crowd was pretty good till Maundy Thursday when we announced a foot-washing service. Half the congregation suddenly discovered that Thursday night was not a good night to be at church after all. I understand Did I want my parishioners to wash my feet, to see my feet? Of course, I scrubbed them at home before we ever came to church, where you clean the house before the cleaning people come. Clean socks and a pure heart. But the intimacy, that was hard. Did I want to wash their feet? I'm in the generation of pastors that has gone very slowly from shaking parishioners' hands at a distance to the occasional two-handed grasp at the door after church to the very, 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 rare hug, usually only on the Sunday just before you leave that parish to go to another town altogether. Wash their feet. At Central Presbyterian Church, a few blocks from here, once a month they have a foot clinic for the homeless people in their neighborhood. One of my friends goes every month. She washes the feet and medicates the sores and provides new socks. And though she loves the Bible and loves to preach and to receive the sacrament, she sometimes quietly admits that kneeling there. Her towel in her hand, kneeling there, she serves Jesus best and sees Jesus most clear. My friend sees Jesus most clearly where the disciples see him on that first Monday Thursday. She sees him when he kneels down and she kneels there beside him. Tomorrow, says St. John, we will all see him lifted up. And that lifting up will be the truest humbling of all. Not counting equality with God a thing to be hoarded, he will lay aside his life as he laid aside his outer garment in that upper room, and as he washed us with water, he will redeem us by blood. His death. Our life, all's lost, all's found. And one thing more, we look beyond tonight, and we look beyond tomorrow to Sunday, as we are bound to do. Because, dear friends, if we didn't know about Easter, we wouldn't be thinking about the cross or about the towel or about the basin, none of that. In the very next chapter of John's Gospel, Jesus will try to comfort the disciples in the light of his impending death. On Thursday, he has served them. On Friday, he will die for them. And then he has one more thing to say to them, a Sunday thing. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. I go there to prepare a place for you. Listen. We've just read John 13. And we've learned how it is that our Lord prepares a place for us. We've learned how it is that the risen Lord welcomes us home. He casts off his royal robe, even exalted he is our servant. And kneeling, he will wash the long mortality from our tired feet. Last week, Kosuke Koyama died. He's a theologian who began teaching in Japan and ended his career at Union Seminary in New York City. The New York Times wrote about him, and here's what the article said. Once in discussing death, Dr. Koyama recalled the story of Jesus washing the feet of the disciples. And Koyama said that at the end, in the kingdom, Jesus would be with those he loved in the same way. And then here are Koyama's words. Looking into our eyes and heart, Jesus will say, you've had a difficult journey. You must be tired and dirty. Let me wash your feet. The banquets ready. Lord Jesus, think on me and wash away my sin. From earth-born passion, set me free and make me pure within. Lord Jesus, think on me. With many a care oppressed and let me thy loving servant be and taste thy promised rest. Lord Jesus, think on me that when this life is past, I may the eternal brightness see and share thy joy at last. To Christ be thanks and praise. Amen.